Welcome, Stephanie. I'm so excited to get this chance to talk with you. This seems like the first time we really get to sit down and talk. So tell me, how are you feeling today? How am I feeling? What do you mean, how am I feeling? I'm tired, I'm overwhelmed. Most days I'm just like, what is the point? I keep telling myself, I keep filling my time with all these empty things to distract me from what I'm really supposed to be doing. I mean, um, oh, I'm great. I have so many things going on for me. Sometimes I can't even believe how great, great, great everything is. I'm so glad you're feeling great. Not like most people who feel overwhelmed or tired that see me, but not you. You're great. So you said you have so many things going on for you earlier. You must enjoy being busy, huh? Of course not. Who would enjoy being busy? What do you mean? I, I got to work. I got these kids I'm trying to raise. I got to be a wife. I got to support my family, help my friends. I'm active in church. I'm t I mean, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Good woman that has it all together. That's an interesting statement. Since you have it all together, you must be one heck of a planner and multitasker, huh? Yes. <laughs> I wish I had it all together like you. With all that going on, how are your relationships? What relationships? Nobody got time for that. These people want to be sitting around talking and sharing their stories and getting all emotional and crying. I ain't got time for that. Huh, then getting in my business, what goes on at home stays at home. I mean, they're, they're great. They're great. Yeah, yeah, they're great. <laughs> Yeah, they're great. Mm -hmm. They're great? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I bet you're a really good friend. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me asking, do you have a relationship with God? Duh. I go to church and I pray. I mean, yes, <laughs> I go to church and I pray. <laughs> okay. That's so much fun. I'm glad I got the chance to know you more. I hear your words, but remember, God knows your heart. Okay. So, first, I wanted to say, uh, whew, that last, whew, that last go around kind of threw me off. I just thank you guys for allowing me to be here. Um, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really working on this freedom, trying this freedom thing and letting myself go and let God yield. So just, just bear with me. Um, I put that together because after this week, it has just been really phenomenal just listening to how everything just kind of came together. And the way my mind works, my mind is busy. It never takes a day off. I mean, in, even in my sleep, I'm playing and stuff in my sleep. It makes no sense. But nonetheless, this is how my mind works. And, you know, it really made me think how, how powerful our mind is. And just, you know, what you heard is what a lot of our conversations happen. Now, a lot of times, it, I use the dramatics just to kind of set the tone for the message. But if you really sit and think about, you know, just general conversations and what we really say, what we're thinking, and then what we really say. And I call that kind of like a message in a message. And I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with on Facebook, you know how they do like the text wars? And 
they're talking to one another and then the person will ask a question they'll tell the truth yeah and they'll delete it and then actually put something like the right way just so that you know don't cause any drama and when it came to me, I was like, man, you know what? I think that would be really good because, believe it or not, it actually happened while we was here in church. So let me tell you the story. Okay, so during <laughs> it's kind of like the same story, but drop a little bit different. So on Friday when we were doing the fasting and calling, I was sitting here and I was, I was in tune listening to the message and everything. I mean, I was feeling it was in my heart. And then God just downloaded this message to me, my title, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, you know what? That'd be really good if I could share that maybe for like girl talk. But I probably ain't going to be doing that no time soon. So, you know, hey, you know, it is what it is. I mean, what can I do about it? Right. So as soon as I said that, lo and behold, Pastor Keith says, I have an announcement to make. So for all the people in the house, y'all are going to be speaking on Fast Week. I said, what? I said, uh, God, what, what, what you doing? <laughs> uh, remember, my, 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 my time passed. <laughs> I ain't going to be doing girl talk. You see what I'm saying? So I'm like, so I was like, okay, well, okay, so that's no problem. I said, well, you know what? Maybe that ain't really the message that God wants me to, wants me to share, right? So then, after he says that, he's like, okay, and also, whatever you do, don't change your message at all. I was like, this guy, I mean, am I being, huh? I said, I know this can't be right. This cannot be right at all because I'm just sitting here. Now, mind you, because Pastor, he was like, first, nobody share your messages with anyone because we want to be able to see how God moves. And I'm not going to call anybody out, but, you know, some people did share their stuff. And I was like, that's interesting. And I'm just like, but, of course, my personality, y'all know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, and I'm just like, man, this is just really crazy. Like, like, how did all of this just transpire in literally the last few minutes of us being church? Like, we were really almost out the door. I was, I was like, you know, say prayer. I'm ready to go home and, and, and get to the, my next day. But then it hit me, and I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So the message that God said to me was, if life and death lies in the power of the tongue, then your mind is the ammunition. So I was like, okay, Lord. I said, okay, okay. So I was, I, was, I was thinking, I was praying, and I told myself, I said, okay. So I started trying to prepare myself mentally, and I did tell myself, you know what? I'm going to try to do my fast a week in advance so I could be super prepared. So it didn't work out really that way, but nonetheless, like I, like I was telling Pastor, the first, the first day, I kind of messed up because I forgot about it. I mean, y'all know me. I'd be ripping and running and I was sitting down, I was calling my husband because I, I check on him every day because I know his, biz, his job keeps him so consumed that he'll forget to eat. So now we're on two separate sides of the city. Normally, I come pick him up and we go out to lunch every day, but I can't do that now. So I called him, I said, hey, babe, just checking on you, make sure you're eating everything. Did you get something to eat? And he's like, no. I said, why not? He's like, well, where are you at? I said, man, I'm at, uh, where were we at? Five Guys. I said, I went ahead and got me my grilled cheese sandwich. I got everything on and it's good. <laughs> And he was like, well, you know we're supposed to be fasting. I was like, right. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, so what, I said, so what are you doing? So, you know, so we sat, we talked, and we decided to do our fast together. So we've been fasting one meal, just only one meal a day. And today we decided to fast nothing at all. 
So I'm shaking, my knees is knocking, and I'm, I'm ready to pass out because I'm like, this is the first fast that has really challenged me. And it's funny how life just seems to always want to tempt you when you're trying to do right. So, but nonetheless, we, we held strong. So the thing about it is, it's funny, I had already kind of fit in my mind what I wanted to say and put my presentation together. And what I was actually going to do is there's a show that me and my son love. I love martial arts. And I actually grew up in Okinawa, Japan. I was there for like almost 10 years. So I got to really get immersed in the culture. And I, I mean, we, tra we trained with actual Japanese senseis. And I mean, it was just a phenomenal experience. So I've always had a love for martial arts and especially like the anime cartoons and stuff like that. So I came, so I, there was one night I was just, I watch this series, but it's kind of like more like it watches me. So I fall asleep, but I just so happened to, to wake up and I caught the, the TV show. I don't want to say I'm watching it because it's, it's, it's in Japanese, so I'm reading the show. And one line caught my attention. It made me, it made me kind of sit up and be like, whoa, what is this about? Because as I started watching it and start paying more attention, it actually aligned with a lot of the, the messages that Pastor Keith had been sharing, especially about the one being unshakable. So I want to kind of take you through, I'm going to take y'all in a journey in my mind. It's going to get a little crazy in there, but I promise you I'm going to connect all the dots and everything's going to make sense. I promise. So. So let me tell you about so let me tell you about my show. Okay, so this show is about a young kid, right? His name is Naruto. And the scene that I woke up to was he was sitting in front of a waterfall. Now mind you, by the time he got to this point, he had got to the limits of what all of his senseis could train him. So they were taking him to another place so he could get a higher level of training to take him somewhere higher deeper so his friends and his sensei were standing around looking at him. they're like well what's going on like what is he doing and the sensei that they brought in to be his new trainer says well Naruto has to know how to yield himself in order to tap into his inner strength his inner power so when I saw that I was like that's interesting that even in the cartoon, they're talking about how you have to get out of your own way and you have to yield yourself to allow God to use you. So I was like, okay, that's a little, that's, that's something interesting. So as we, as we started watching it, and the reason why I love the Japanese and uh, anime cartoons is because it's a little different. It talks about strategy. It talks about love. It talks about honor. But out of all the things I've seen, the number one thing that can change an atmosphere or change the direction in the story is love. So in most of those cultures, they believe in honor over love. They believe in strategy and war and, uh, and loyalty over love. Because if you look at a lot of the stories, their, their marriages are um, set up for them. And most of the time, none of them are marrying people that they really love. But the center of the story is about the forbidden love. 
you know, because now they're trying to have a relationship with the person that who was really has their heart. So it kind of, you know, so that kind of started opening up some things. Now, when they got there, they had to take it, they had to take it back. They had to get back to Naruto's roots. And in this particular part of the episode, they took us to uh, the scene with his parents. So in this, his parents died. So the mother had them, and of course the enemy was trying to take all of them out because he was destined for greatness. They already knew that he was going to be the one to change the direction of their nation. He was going to be the one to impact a lot of people. So the enemy was trying to come after them, but his parents sacrificed themselves in order to protect him. And in that moment, that's when everything came together and they recognized that his purpose had already been predestined. And they sacrificed themselves to further his purpose. So, and the mom's dying words was like, you know, I'm so, I'm so sad that I can't be here with you because the purpose that has been given to you is not going to be easy. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be hard. But you were the one chosen for the, for the path. So, again, I'm in my head and I'm thinking about everything that we were, we're learning in, in church. So, as it moves on into the show... Okay, so as it moves on into the show, then once where we start learning about like just different things that he was going through. And you could see it even at five or six, they hated him. He didn't have no parents. I mean, his family was murdered. And now he was given a purpose that he didn't understand. They used to call him stupid. They used to call him a fool. They also, they used to laugh at him. They used to pick on him. And they used to tell him that he was not going to be who he was destined to be. And then I started thinking, like, just how many of us have created those thoughts in our mind because of our environment? And a lot of times, because of the stuff we go through, and when it comes to our purpose, one thing that we tend to do is unqualify ourselves. And the things that, the things that we use in our past to kind of just, like, move through life and just go through the ups and downs that we've been through, we use those as crutches a lot of times. But the thing about Naruto, why it kind of starts stucking out to me is that even with all that being said, he never wavered. He was unshakable. At five years old, he understood that I'm here for a greater purpose other than myself. And that even though people don't see the vision and what I was designed to do, I still have to remain unshakable. I still have to continue to move. And I was like, oh, gosh. As I started thinking about all the stuff that, that I went through, I'm like, well, man, just imagine if I had a state unshakable. Because all of the blocks and all of the, the walls that I created were because of the things that I went through. But if I would have remained unshakable, who knows where I would have been? And I probably would have been right here, but who knows, I could have been there sooner. But because I was so focused on why was all these things happening to me that I couldn't see the design that God had created. So, nonetheless, 
as we go through this, of course, you know, with every martial arts movie, there's a lot of fighting, which is my favorite part, okay? I love martial arts. I love kickboxing. I love all that stuff. So that's my favorite part. But believe it or not, even though he was the hero of the movie, he wasn't the strongest. He wasn't the smartest. I mean, <laughs> he definitely didn't study in school. But the difference that set him apart out of any character in the story was his unwavering, being unshakable faith. Because even at, the, even at his death, he tapped into a spirit that allowed him to go past his limits. So that was the reason why I was going to share all that. It was going to be a little bit deeper and everything else. But the Lord said, no, you're not going to do that. I was like, oh, come on, Lord. Really? I already got it planned out. It's perfect. I got it nice and on my screen. And I even did like a little uh, slideshow with it and everything. So it was good. But it was like, no, we're not going to do that. So I started getting all these mixed messages in my head, and I want to believe it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday when, when uh, Robert came up and he gave his presentation. But as I was hearing it, I think that's where things kind of started getting clear because I started thinking about all the messages that we heard. Everything was about freedom and vulnerability. And the reason why my message wasn't going to work because the story was the truth. No, the message was the truth, but the story was the lie. So I, the story was a lie because it's a cartoon. I mean, it ain't real. But the stuff that was going through, that he was going through, and the way that he was thinking and all the obstacles he had to overcome, they were real to me. I could relate to them. But I didn't want to use me as an example. I was like, yeah, we're going to use Naruto. We're going we gonna to tell about you know, his pains and his woes and things of that nature because it, it disconnected everything. And it allowed me to still be able to relate without having to focus on being vulnerable and letting my guard down and being able to share you know, all the things that happened. So I was like, okay, Lord, I yield. We're going to do it your way. So... When I heard Robert's message, it really, it, I mean, God, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I swear it's like the floodgates just opened up because when he was talking about the resume, and he was like, if you were being interviewed by God, what would your resume look like? And that's when I was like, ooh, okay, uh, okay, okay, right, right. Um, so he goes into the thing about, you know, souping up your resume and making it sound better. And that's when, it, that's when something triggered. And it's like, we've been chasing after the world and trying to keep up with their qualifications and their standards. But see, when God speaks, we unqualify ourselves. So it's no different when I was sitting here and God was saying, like, you know, you know I want you to use this message to share with people. And I was like, well, no, that that ain't you, Lord. That's not even the, that's probably not even the message you want me to say. Well, you know, I don't even have the opportunity. So I don't even know how I'm supposed to put all that together. But on the job, in my business, when I'm working with people, I can, there's always an opportunity to qualify ourselves. Like I'm bold when it comes to my business. Can't nobody do it better than me. <laughs> you know, but when it comes to God, it's like, well, God, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm not sure what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's when I was thinking, like, man, you know, 
Why is, why is it that way? You know, and, and a lot of it comes down to just fear, applying fear under pressure. So, you know, and I'm, and I'm sitting here and I'm watching how everybody gets to just kind of open up and be free. And I'm thinking like, man, I want to be free. And then I'm like, okay, well, no, no, I ain't trying to be, I ain't looking like no fool. I ain't looking stupid over here. Not me. It ain't happening. And I'm like, man, God, they look, I mean, they happy over there. They talking and laughing. And I'm looking at them side of my eye. Y'all know y'all should be singing. We've been in here for about an hour. But I'm just thinking, like, man, I want to be free too. What's holding me back? You know? And what I call that, the thing that's holding all of us back from being free and letting go, is I call it the battle of the mind versus the spirit to win over the heart. So it says in Ephesians 3, 16 through 17, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded by love. See, because we already know once it comes in the heart, that's it. We're unshakable, we're unmovable. It's like, no thing, like, the, like the thing with my kids. That there's nothing that they can do that would ever make me stop loving them. Now, they can get on my nerves, and I can not like them a lot. But that's one thing I do know is that they, they, they're always in my heart, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for them. It's not a second thought. I wouldn't question it. But a lot of times when we're fighting between our mind and our spirit, it even goes back to when we're, like when I talk about the culture. In your mind, you've been conditioned by your culture, how you grew up, what you think of, what you see, what you experience. But your spirit is trying to take you to a different place. And see, when they start connecting with someone that they really love, now they're questioning, well, everything that I learned, am I sure is it right? Am I sure this is what, I, is, this what is the truth? Because now your spirit is connecting with your heart, and now it's making your mind kind of question everything too. So I like to call this a, a walking contradiction. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, tr we're, trying to follow, we're trying to follow what we see, but then our spirit is saying something different. So um, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the, great, the greatest of these is love. And then um, another one that I, I, I just... I, I tell you something. I started reading, and it, I mean, it seemed like every single scripture fit. So I have like like three pages, but I promise you, I'm not going to say all that up today. But these scriptures just they just started coming out at me. So Colossians three fourteen. Above all, be loving. These tie everything together perfectly. So as we know, our mind knows us best. Our flaws, our weaknesses, our failures, our secrets. So when we use our mind as a sounding board to God's purpose, we unqualify ourselves. Just think about all the people that have come into your life. I know y'all don't work for some people who didn't know nothing they were talking about. And they couldn't tell you nothing they were talking about. So I believe that we condition ourselves because we feel unqualified. That we don't want to allow ourselves to be exposed and viewed as being unqualified. So we run from our purpose. Because now we're not leaning on God to give us what we need, but we're leaning on ourselves. And I know I've done that a lot in my time. And just having that awakening has just been eye-opening. And Ephesians 1, 18 through 9 says, The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know who is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glories of his inheritance in the saints. So this week has just been, like, 
really important. Like it has really showed me that I have to cast down those imaginations because my mind does not know what it's talking about. And I really have been focusing on connecting my spirit to the Holy Spirit. And because I don't want to create any more limitations for myself. I don't want to be held by what I think is where I'm supposed to be at as opposed to what God's path and plan is for me. So, Venetia, if you wouldn't mind reading Joel 2, 28 through 32, I appreciate you. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit unto all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will shew wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. But before the great and terrible day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Thank you. So, okay, I promise. Now I've given you a lot of little bits and pieces. So now we're going to break it all together. Okay, so now. One thing that really caught me too was the order in which everything went. It's like, it was amazing how everyone's teaching just really just uh, connected with one another. And the thing that, that I just was so blessed by because it's like I could kind of see how the things were unfolding, but it was like a piece of a puzzle. I wasn't sure how all the pieces were gonna fit, but I could see kind of like the direction in which we were trying to go. And I was, so I was just sitting back, I was like, oh man, Lord, like this is, this is amazing. Like I honestly really got to see God <coughs> revealed. Like remember, I remember when Pentanza was saying that she was praying, but not trusting. And then a lot of times, like, it's like, you know, God is real, but it's like, God, you really real. Are you really there? I don't hear from you. You don't talk to me. And I'd be praying to you. You don't really answer or say anything. But I mean, I hear it in your messages. And like when I talk to people and those things are confirmed, but you know, I just really don't know. But then, like, with this way this whole thing transitioned, I didn't share any of my message with anyone, not even my husband. And it was just amazing how, like, everything that people were saying was part of my message. I was like, how is this? Like, I haven't even heard their message yet. But it just, it just blew me away, and that, that made me just kind of pour in more, and I started reading more. And then I was like, you know, then I actually felt really good about my fast because then I really started opening up and started, started hearing some things, noticing things. My, my senses just kind of expanded. I was like, wow, this is deep. Okay. So I was just like, man, this is crazy. So this is what kind of God put on my heart, and this is what he kind of showed me. So, you know, God equipped each and every one of us with a purpose that's with, that will require us to go deeper, uh, require a deeper connection with him in order for our purpose to be released. God wants to give you a great vision of who he is and the plans he has for your life. But Satan wants to use your guilt to create insecurities about the things that happened to your life or happening now. So this whole experience to kind of just 
I just kind of want to sum up just like everything I hear and now it'll kind of make sense because I'm going to take you from like the beginning to the end. So everything, all of this stuff that's happened to you, that's happening to you, the pain, the hurt, the confusion, the lies, the trust, the emotional baggages, the loneliness, the depression, the doubt, the anxiety, the fear, the anger, the hate, and the unforgiveness. It's not because you're defective. But your experience, your education, your training, and your qualifications, that, that is God using or what he will use to put on your resume to put you in position for the places he's trying to take you. But what he requires from you is not based on the world's standard but his own. What God wants from you is someone who's desperate to love him, someone who's submerged in his word, someone who is free. Someone who will get out of the way and let go and let God move. Someone with supernatural belief, a pure heart that knows who God, that knows God is, who he said he is. See, God is hiring, and the position has already been created for you. So I hear you had... <laughs> Sorry, I had to So I hear you had a change of heart and learned some things since our last talk. What did you learn? Say it's the Lord. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> made me release all of the baggage that I've been holding on to I'm so ready to empty up my cup so that you can fill my spirit with your spill my spirit with your holiness God I realize that everything that I've been going through was not to hurt me was not to shame me not to discourage me but it was to use me to empower me to uplift me but not for me but for the people that you have purposed me to impact Lord that's what you've done for me and I couldn't see it at the time because I was so focused on myself but God now that I'm in you now that I believe in you now that I know who you are Lord I know you're using me for a greater purpose and eventually I know every single step is gonna move me closer and closer to that goal so Lord I just want to thank you for never giving up on me, for covering me, for showing me my value, showing me my worth, showing me that I can be free and I can let go and allow you to, to just lift me up to levels that I can't even believe or begin to imagine. God, I've been so scared to just walk out on faith. I've been scared to let down my guards and let people in and connect with me, but God, because of you, you showed me that I can do all things. You have put me into a position to be with a, with a support system that's going to allow me to, even when I fall short, it's going to help me lift me up. So you just showed me I don't have to do it alone. I don't have to carry the baggage. And I don't have to know it all. And I don't have to look like I have it together. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to fall short. It's okay to let go because you're always going to have me covered, Father God. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for showing me that through the message and through the things that you have brought us through, that 
we're going to be able to change a nation because people are hurting. People don't have a relationship. Just like it was said before, there's, we are going to be the versions that people find you, God. But we have to be the example. And I'm ready to let go and I'm ready to stop holding in so that way your words and your message can be reached. That people can have the power to know that through you, you're going to give us everything that we need. We don't have to, we don't have to be the smartest. We don't have to be the fastest. We don't even have to be able to sing well. But through you, you'll give us everything that we're going to need. So today, I let go because God, you are good. You're going to, you are so good. And I just want to thank you for everything that you have done and everything that you're going to do because your people are stepping up. Those positions are going to start getting filled because he needs every last one of us. And it's time to stop allowing our hearts to keep us from where we're supposed to be because God needs them. He needs our heart. And we got to let people in. And it's going to hurt. There's going to be a lot of people who don't understand how to love or how to be loved or how to just, they just don't know. But we have to be strong and we have to be unshakable, unmovable. And we have to love them through their mess. Because I tell you this, if my pastors hadn't loved me through my mess and my attitude when I came up in here, and that husband too, just imagine what we would be forfeiting. So I just want to thank you for allowing me to, to be that.